When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is Beth Capici, and welcome to the Never Perfect Podcast. I'm a psychologist, and I believe that embracing the fact that no aspect of life is perfect actually makes us happier and healthier and motivates us to achieve more. It also helps us become more real and compassionate with ourselves and others. In my counseling office, I deal with a little bit of everything. So in this podcast, you'll also probably be hearing a little bit of everything. Not only professional advice, but also some of my favorite and least favorite personal stories. I'm also going to be interviewing people who are brave enough to share their stories with us. I believe that everyone has a lot to teach and a lot to learn no matter what their background is and in spite of their imperfections. You don't have to be perfect to be inspiring. got two really fun guests here today and I'm extremely excited because we're going to be talking about the Enneagram. Mm -hmm. So I'll tell you a little bit of backstory um, as I introduce them. Um, I have Christy Bonner and Kat Smith. So um, Christy is a therapist and she mm -hmm. might talk a little bit about her training and Kat is a yoga instructor that I love her classes. I've known her for a couple years mm -hmm. casually through that. Yeah. And um, Kat actually, I found out it was an avid Enneagram person before these two just started their own Enneagram podcast. That's a yoga slash Enneagram combo. combo. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so this is new and they can tell us more about that. And I'm going to be a guest on their show soon. Mm -hmm. So we're doing I'll scratch your back if you scratch my back. <laughs> yeah, we can't wait to have you. Yep, yep, we're, we're going to excited. talk about love languages in the Enneagram. Oh, yep. Yay. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. I love that topic. So love languages in the Enneagram will be coming up on their podcast. And they can tell you more about that later because I'm eager to hear more. I've only heard one episode so far. So, mm. um, But... So Christy is also a yoga instructor, certified mm -hmm. yoga instructor. Mm -hmm. And Kat, when I found out through another yogi friend mm -hmm. that Kat loved the Enneagram and Christy is an Enneagram coach, that Kat wanted to be a part of a little Enneagram club mm -hmm. slash discussion group with a couple of other friends. Mm -hmm. So we started that in the spring yeah. and met a couple of times. Mm -hmm. And then summer was crazy for 
everybody. Yeah. So we're going to hopefully pick back up, but they've been a little busy. And so they're both avid yoga people and instructors and avid Enneagram people. So they are going to be really great to talk about some unpacking different aspects of your personality. Mm -hmm. And they know I'm obsessed with the topic of figuring out the user's guide to yourself, Mm -hmm. which I talk about a lot. It's kind of a running theme in my podcast is how to know yourself and using tools such as the Enneagram Mm -hmm. or yoga and uh, other types of tests that people might know about called like the Myers-Briggs or the mm-hmm. 16 types. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And feel free to, to bring up any other favorites you have. Um, but these two know more about the Enneagram than I do. So I'm really excited to pick their brains about it today. So could you all... Oh, and of course, I have to say really quick, I'm obsessed with people from different countries as well. Mm-hmm. And Kat's real name, I'm going to butcher it and then let her say it the you right way. You do so good. Yekaterina is the American version, but how do you really say it? Yekaterina. Yekaterina. I'd be a Catherine if I was born here. (laughs) So much prettier that way. Oh, you're so sweet. You know, in Russia, ironically enough, it's like Jennifer. So common. Uh Uh-huh. Like no one would be like, oh, I love your name. Mm -mm." (laughs) Whatever. It's just a classic traditional name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very Mm -hmm. elegant, but so, and then I have a good friend that... Her husband even butchers her name. It's we, He says Yelena. Mm-hmm. How would you say it? Yelena. 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 That's exactly how she says it. <laughs> oh, so hi, Yelena. Yeah. <laughs> if you're listening. Um, okay, so let's start. So can y'all just tell me a little bit about your passion for the Enneagram and how you became so interested in it? Sure. Christy, um, you go. All right. Well, we can both take this one, mm-hmm. then I'll start. Um, so I um, was introduced to the Enneagram when I was in graduate school. I was in seminary doing um, a Master of Divinity, and um, there was a two-day workshop on the Enneagram, and I knew um, within those two days that I was an Enneagram too, it fit like a glove. It is not that way for everybody. So I should say that for some people, finding your Enneagram number, and Kat can speak to that in a mm-hmm. little bit, is a process. I mean, I know people who have it's taken more than a year and that can be part of the discovery because the Enneagram is about diving in deep, going mm. inside yourself, learning about who you are, why you're here on this earth. Mm. And so um, it can take some time. So I always like to say that because um, people think they're going to go to a workshop like I did and discover in two days who they are. And it, and that was true for me just because the Enneagram 2 just really did nail me, right? It mm-hmm. was exactly who I am. But for some people, especially sometimes the older you are, like I've discovered the Enneagram um, at the age, like when you really kind of your personality becomes what it is, which the Enneagram would say was like 20 to 27 is when you know, you become who you are. Mm. Um, So I was kind of at that age, I was probably about 22 when I went to that workshop Mm -hmm. and discovered my Enneagram type. So that, that makes sense. Like, but the older you are, as you grow and learn and change, it can be easy to say, huh, I'm not really sure. Like I was more like that when I was in my twenties. So they say when you take an Enneagram test, to make sure that you're thinking about your 20 to 25-ish year old self as hmm. you take the test to make sure that you're, 
you know, that's what the wisdom of the Enneagram would say, that that's when the personality is formed. So that's one thing. Wow. And they also say the test is only right 60-ish percent of the time. So hmm. you might want to do some of your own work. There's some great books out there. I always recommend, and Kat loves this one as well, The Road Back to You mm -hmm. by Ann Cron. But there's mm -hmm. also the Enneagram Institute, which is a great uh, website. You can find an Enneagram coach. There's all sorts of ways that you can kind of dive in deeper and look mm -hmm. at your type. But so... Yeah, I discovered the Enneagram and uh, I'm a helper, an Enneagram too, and help helpers help at the expense of themselves. Mm -hmm. um, I think you said you're an Enneagram too as yes. well. Is that right? Mm -hmm. And so um, our, our gift is our growing edge with the Enneagram. So, mm -hmm. you know, I have a, a generous spirit. I love to do things for others. Um, I am altruistic, but Sometimes um, I do so much that I don't recognize my own needs. Mm -hmm. I don't take care of myself. I'm not great with boundaries. And with the Enneagram, it would also say, you know, are you doing this helping from a place of authenticity, which sometimes I am, or are you doing it because you want to be liked mm -hmm. because of pride, the mm -hmm. deadly sin of the two? And then there's so many little ways that you can go with the Enneagram. You can discover your subtypes. There's three subtypes. There's arrows of strength. There's arrows of stress. There's just so much learning. It's just this wealth of like you keep diving in deeper to know yourself, but also to understand others. Like mm -hmm. that's the glory of the Enneagram. It's mm -hmm. not just about me. It's about me relating in a healthier and more loving way to my neighbor. Mm -hmm. And so there's some good stuff. That's my story to start, Kat. You I love shares. it. I love it. So um, my awesome. uh, my story is a little different. My first true love is yoga. So mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I practiced for about 12, 13 years, and I knew um, I wanted to learn more. And um, when I came across Enneagram, I felt that Enneagram and yoga had a lot of parallels. Mm. So in essence, both are practical applications to self-discovery mm -hmm. and um, sort of the goal is the same the inner work the inner connection and only once that is um, taken care of are you able to interconnect with outside world and with people around you which essentially is what we want as humans mm -hmm. to have strong relationships to have healthy relationships etc so um, my journey started with yoga and I loved yoga and then a few years ago there was a workshop offered here locally at one of the yoga studios I contract with um, lady was coming from Atlanta and it was about Enneagram so it was super buzzy I was very curious and last minute something happened I was not able to make it mm -hmm. and everybody said don't you go in the internet and number yourself and I said, that makes total sense. And I went on the internet and I self-numbered myself. So for many years, um, I thought I was a six, which is a loyalist. Uh -huh. And um, turns out I'm not. So to Christy's point, a lot of times we um, sort of, you know, Enneagrams like yoga, more you learn, more you understand, first of all, that you don't know it all mm -hmm. and more you want to learn. Mm -hmm. So um, I would caution um, your listeners to kind of know that, 
you know, we're all grown up with Glamour magazine and take this test and are you extrovert or introvert or, mm -hmm. you know, what kind of boyfriend you would attract, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, surfacey stuff. Mm -hmm. Enneagram is way, way deeper. Like Christy has mentioned, there's so much to learn and truly it takes people years and years and the learning is ongoing, mm -hmm. very similar to yoga. It's like a lifetime Thing where you just continue to self-discover and learn mm -hmm. and read, et cetera. So, um, you know, I've made a very rookie mistake. I kind of surfaced it up and thought I was a six. And then um, a few years later, I saw Christy was um, offering a workshop at another yoga studio. And I thought, well, I'm sure I know what I am and who I am, but I want to learn more. And I came to the workshop and it blew my mind absolutely my head exploded i think right around that time you and i started talking mm -hmm. to Instagram, and i was like oh, i love it i want to know everything this is so great so that's that's kind of like my story and um i think if i'm being you know true um to why i love it I've always been very intrigued with, and I know you both are professionals with psychology. Mm -hmm. And yet I would always be curious. And I was like, I could never sit there and listen to people's troubles and problems and then go home and love my people. Like I would die. I have the utmost respect for what y'all do. So that's why I never really like pursued it. it was oh my curious it would be cool. Yet the psychology portion of Enneagram, I feel like it is so accessible to anybody because at the end of the day, not only do you learn about yourself, but you learn about people who are around you. Mm -hmm. And what attracted me to Enneagram is first, it is it provides you such a sense of belonging. Mm. And mm. it is such an aha moment. And I think anybody who has read Enneagram books or have done the test or wanted to dive deeper, you just feel not alone. Mm. Like there are people like me. Mm -hmm. And and this is why we do things we do. And this is why this happens. And these are why these are my triggers, et cetera, et cetera. But to take it further, people who you work with and live with who are not like you mm -hmm. and who rub you wrong because they're not like you. And you think, well, God, why can't you just understand? Mm -hmm. Because they're different, because they process things different, because they th things affect them differently. If you get a sense of understanding for that, mm. can you imagine how much stronger your relationships would be? How much less rub you would have in your life? How much more sense of ease that you can live mm. with? That to me is like selling for an integrant. Like I don't need to know anymore. Mm. I just want mm. to read and learn and study. So for me, that was the aha. Mm. And so I would I would qualify myself as an enthusiast. I love um, having close proximity with Christy because she is so knowledgeable and so educated and so well read and trained. And um, it is just neat to we don't run out of new things to learn. Mm, mm. And that to me is a net, like you don't get bored. Yeah, You've studied it for years and years and there's still, we're like, oh, can you believe this? Yeah. This is so cool. This is so neat. Mm. So it's, it truly is a lot of fun. Yeah. There's always something to discover about 
the Enneagram. And yeah. likewise, there's always something to discover about yourself. Yeah. And Kat was just saying something about, you know, you won't have as many rubs. And it made me think of Rumi's quote, if you are irritated by every rub, how will you ever be polished? Mm -hmm. And the Enneagram helps me with that. Like it helps yeah. me to like not be as irritated by other people's rubs because I'm starting to understand, well, they're wired differently. They see yeah. the world differently than yeah. I do. And mm -hmm. so, you know, I'm allowing myself to move towards being more polished. And like Kat said, this is lifetime work. And I'm also, when I start to nurture the goodness and light and see other people, I'm also allowing them to be more polished. Otherwise we're just, you know, we're like this, we're bumping mm -hmm. heads. And it's just that the Enneagram is this way of looking at other people and saying, I understand you. I'm having more empathy with myself. I'm having more empathy with other people. Mm -hmm. I mean, and it, you know, often with things like the Myers-Briggs, the Enneagram, yoga, whatever it is, there's some resistance. Like I'll have clients who will tell me all the reasons they can't go to a yoga class, right? So you might, if you're listening to this, how can there only be nine types, right? Like mm -hmm. that's something I hear a lot. Well, the Enneagram, again, there's subtypes and then there's there's wings. It's it's more nuanced than nine types. Mm -hmm. Like really, if you're diving into it, there's 27 types and, and you know, every permutation of yeah. a healthy place. Yeah. 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 If you include wings, one, there's like 54 types. Yeah. yeah. But then the truth is we're all unique and different. And so there's there's endless amounts of types, but the Enneagram will show you this is how you need to grow. Like this is what you need to celebrate about yourself and mm -hmm. see in yourself and go, wow, I love this about me. But then this part is your shadow side. And can you look at that? Can you, you know, pill up that layer of the onion and just one layer at a time, keep looking at what you want to heal? Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. I mean, you can it tell is. we're both I passionate know. about mm -hmm. it. And yes. Kat was saying, you know, lots of nice things about me. But when my mom listened to the oh. podcast, my mom said, I, I can see why you picked Kat as your co-host because she is she's very fluent in the Enneagram as well. And she's also passionate and funny. And she adds a lot that I don't have to offer. And I'm so glad that we're in this together. I so know. yeah, such a neat Ditto. example though, of how, when Kat was talking about the sense of belonging, it's funny, the, mm -hmm. the, my first interpretation of you saying that was that, oh, because we're all needed and we all have a purpose and, yeah. and we all belong and are here mm -hmm. for different reasons. But then I realized the reason of we're not alone, I'm not the only one yeah who has this major philosophy yes. on life or the, these dark sides mm -hmm. or shadows. Or even these attributes, or I'm not the only one who sees world this way. Mm -hmm. I feel like in today's world, it's paradoxical because we're in the world, we were just talking before we started mm -hmm. taping social media, mm -hmm. you know, and we're so connected, let's say. You can be connected to people in the other countries and the other side of the world, yet, in a human sense, we're so disconnected from mm -hmm. one another. And I think this is like the age where that human part disconnect is at the highest level. Mm -hmm. There's no sympathy. There's no empathy. There's no compassion. Or it is just so lost in translation. So 
I think it just we live oftentimes in a very lonely world mm, where yes. you see a ton of people on your tiny screen on the phone, yet internally you feel so alone. Mm-hmm. And we all earn to be understood and have a connection with somebody else. To have that tribal feel mm-hmm. is essential need for any human being. Mm. So I feel that. Enneagram almost delivered a sense of community for me with people that I don't even know, but I know I'm not alone. Yeah. Right? Right. And it's like, and I love how you use the word tribal because that's a big word this day, except a lot of times, like you were just saying beautifully, it's my tribe against your tribe. And now the Enneagram would say you belong to maybe this number nine tribe, but you get to see the beauty in this number six tribe. Mm. And, And that's what we need more of. Because like you're saying, yeah. we're so disconnected from so one another. So disconnected and people mm. live with this disconnect. And a lot of times they're disconnected with from themselves. Yeah. You mm. know, in yoga, we see so many people, they would come to a yoga class. They know they don't feel quite right, but they don't know why. They don't know what's off. They mm. don't know what's off. Or they know something is hurting, but they don't know why. What the root so, is. What the root is. Or maybe even don't want to find out. Mm. So... Again, we're going back, you you know, Christy always says, it's a road to oneself through oneself. And that's yoga, Mm. Enneagram, any kind of self-study. And that makes you a better human Mm. and makes you live a more fulfilled life and have better relationships, be more at ease with Mm. life in general. And also I want to, before we move on, I want to mention that even though Enneagram believes that Every individual is one of those types, mm-hmm. archetypes, one through nine. We all have attributes of every single number mm-hmm. within us. Mm-hmm. So I want listeners to not misconstrue, misunderstand what we're saying. I have attributes of a two and a three and a four. This morning I had coffee with a five and I was like, oh my gosh, I get you. Mm-hmm. I am the same way about this thing. So again, mm-hmm. It is a way to connect. We right. we're so multifaceted. Yes. You just you just gotta tap in. We're not one dimensional. No. I love that. And and I mean I think that that that's what it is, is that the Enneagram would say, well, there's the heart section, mm-hmm. there's the head section. And there's the gut section of the Enneagram. So the heart section is the two, the three, and the four. Mm -hmm. The head section is the five, the six, and the seven. And then the gut or the body section is the eight, the nine, and the one, Mm -hmm. right? And so some of us get disconnected from certain parts, right? And it is pretty complicated. I don't want to dive too much into that, but I will just say it this way. As a two, I really live... In, in the heart, right? And a lot of times though, too, is what we're really good at is helping other people with their pain. Sometimes we push down our own pain, uh-huh. but the two needs to be more connected to their head. They need to be more connected to their body. And the Enneagram and yoga have definitely taught me that, you know, wow. like I've, I've lived in a pretty disconnected way at times from my own feelings, like a typical two who wants to help other people with their feelings, but especially from my body mm-hmm. and, and, and also from my head and, and yoga, just as much as the Enneagram has helped me to tap into my body, to notice what mm. I'm feeling, to notice what I'm feeling emotionally, to notice the pain. And that's what Enneagram and yoga are inviting us to is to notice, to be more mm-hmm. mindful, to be more tuned in to mm-hmm. our body, heart, and mind. So good. And I feel like 
one of the cores of counseling, honestly, if I had to boil it down to what I think truly helps people, even just this conversation right now, if we start to understand ourselves and the gifts and the uniqueness that we bring to the table and acknowledge the strengths, I mean, the weaknesses Mm -hmm. and then the shadow side and sort of, I love the concept of your greatest strength flip side can be your greatest weakness. Mm -hmm. But if we could really have empathy, like you said, Christy, for ourselves and for others by understanding who we are and what we bring to the table and what we don't, and Mm -hmm. just accepting that and seeing ourselves and seeing other people. And in a little bit, we're going to get into how this can be used with conflict, because Mm -hmm. that's one of my favorite ways to use the Enneagram and other ways of really reframing conflicts just saying, you know, there's typically a really valid point on both sides. It's mm-hmm. just they're coming at things from different angles. Mm-hmm. And the Enneagram can can, can um, inform those discussions. Mm-hmm. And in fact, that is when I really got interested in the Enneagram. I'll have to tell you maybe here in a minute. But it was following a counseling session with a couple. And mm-hmm. I was like so blown away by what they told me about their Enneagram types. Mm-hmm. Right after we had mm-hmm. just spent a session processing a big argument. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I guess I'm doing this. I always do that. I'll go ahead and tell the story since I'm basically doing it now. <laughs> yeah, I want to hear it. But well, so this was a fairly newly married couple and they had, I don't remember all the details except they were in a social situation. And I think the husband um, wanted to focus on each other and have a really nice date night. And the wife somehow wanted to help somebody and reach out to somebody that was at the restaurant or something. This has been about five years ago, so I'm kind of vague on the specifics. But so I was trying to point out the value in both their perspectives and not that, oh, somebody's bad and somebody's good or somebody's Mm -hmm. right and somebody's wrong. I'm Mm -hmm. saying you all just have sort of different philosophies on Mm -hmm. that situation. And they were both really good motives and good priorities. They were just different. Mm -hmm. And so I was trying to just point out how it was really sweet that he really wanted to focus on her. And it was really sweet that she wanted to help someone in need, but it was just an incompatible issue. Mm -hmm. And so the funny thing is at the beginning of the session, she had said, remind me before we finish to tell you about our Enneagram types, because we just took the test. And I was like, okay. So we processed the session. And then at the end, she read me and he was a one, as I'm sure y'all could mm-hmm. sort of guess. Mm-hmm. And she was a two. two. Mm-hmm. And she read me this description of ones and twos, common conflicts. Mm-hmm. And my jaw was like on the floor. Wow. And the Enneagram had been on my to-do list. It gets pushed back on the back burner for years. I mean, oh, I got to People were always like, oh, do you know the Enneagram? It's so great. And um, that night I literally went home and took two of the free versions on the, on the internet, Mm -hmm. because I was like, this thing is amazing. I cannot believe like they could have saved themselves money and just looked at the Enneagram (laughs) type instead of me analyzing the (laughs) the different priorities. So, um, and, and I'd love to hear any thoughts you have on that. And before I forget, can you guys tell us how old the Enneagram is? Because it's way older than I thought it was. Well, it's very complicated. So we've got um, the modern Enneagram is what we're living oh. out of. Now, the symbol of the Enneagram is really old. And there's a lot of conflict on how old it is. But, um, you know, some people would say that it was coming out of the uh, Jewish tradition of uh, Kabbalah. Some people would say it's coming out of the Sufi mystic tradition. Some people would say it's coming out of an ancient Christian tradition. And 
So it, there's a lot of people who want to say we know for sure, and the truth is we don't. But the modern Enneagram as we know it um, was uh, brought to the United States in the 1960s from South America, okay. and it was brought here by some, some therapists. So it, and the Enneagram has a lot of therapy language um, because it, it was brought here by therapists, but it also has um, language of the church, like the seven deadly sins they mm -hmm. added to when they talk about, you know, the, the deadly passion or the deadly sin for each number in the Enneagram. So there's some spiritual language to the Enneagram and then there's also some psychological. So its roots are are both, you know, from the church and then also from the world of psychology. And I would say I love the Myers-Briggs as well. And that's been a really helpful um, typing system for me. Mm -hmm. But it always felt like I was kind of in a little bit of a box with mm -hmm. the Myers-Briggs versus the Enneagram saying this is who you are, but this is also who you can become. Mm -hmm. And so that's a little bit of a distinction. Now, I would say there's some great work now with the Myers-Briggs of helping people to look and say, oh, I'm an introvert. That might mean I need to work a bit and become more extroverted and, and become more social. So I think they're starting to really do some more work with the Myers-Briggs mm -hmm. now that they've seen what the Enneagram is doing. Mm. So I think that I think that the, the Myers-Briggs is doing a little bit of this is who you can become now. But when I was first introduced to the Myers-Briggs, it didn't feel that way to me. Whereas the Enneagram always has felt like this is who you can become. So, right. You can change and grow and mm -hmm. you're not just kind of set in stone as one type. Yeah. You're not stuck in a box. Like Kat said, we are all nine numbers and we want to, to become the high side of all nine numbers, mm -hmm. right? Like we want to, to look, for example, I've always struggled with being too serious. I'm a, a child of an alcoholic. So mm -hmm. I was the typical hero child. He was the responsible one. And I have to work on being like a seven and being more playful and adventurous and I remember you saying you like happy baby pose and yeah. you like rocking your happy baby. I like the and rocking yoga. back and forth and being playful and having fun. So happy baby is a great way for me to get in touch with that playfulness. Um, so uh, yeah, I've got to work on that side. And, and so when I go to, to the seven, um, and my wing is a one. And so when I, as a one wing, go to the seven, I'm living as my best self, right? Mm. I'm becoming who I want to be, which is playful. And to Christy's point, the neat part about Enneagram is you get your number, mm -hmm. but you also have to remember that you're functioning as that number. You can be at an average, you can be at a healthy state, and you can be in an unhealthy state. Mm. So that adds mm -hmm. layers to self-discovery yes. mm -hmm. and even understanding that, you know, a lot of times I'm just under stress, not in a good place. And this is why I feel this way and this, how I act this way, et cetera, et cetera. And then it gives you pathways and tools to kind of move out of it into the best version of yourself. And to me, not, the best looking, the best dressed, or the best money making, or the best loved—it's the most, the truest, mm -hmm. your authentic self, who you are, because that is truly is a perfection, and that's part of the enneagram and yoga where they collide. Because the belief is what you have inside is perfect as is. You just have to have to tap in. 
So wow. that gives you a pathway. Mm-hmm. And we all, it's life. We all go through st- stressful mm-hmm. times. We all go where mm-hmm. everything is just status quo. We sometimes get to the place where everything is awesome and super. So mm-hmm. it kind of gives you an understanding of recognizing where you are mm-hmm. and then giving you a tools to kind of navigate through all three. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. There's a, a religious person who said, you're perfect as you are. You just need a little work. So it's paradoxical, <laughs> yeah. right? Uh-huh. Like, yeah. like you are enough just as you are. And yet yeah. let's work on those edges. Let's grow. Wow. Let's become the best version of ourselves. Yeah. And you had mentioned the story um, of the couple. And maybe we could go back to that. Uh-huh. Do you want to talk a little bit? I'd love to hear bit? any okay. of your thoughts on First that. of all, it's funny because I have a book right here. Are you my type? Am I yours? And as you can see, it's kind of beaten up. It's I've weathered. had this. Yeah, I've had this since I was in my 20s. Wow. Renee Barron and Elizabeth Wagle. I may be saying um, Elizabeth's name wrong, but that is a great book for relationships. So as a therapist, you may even want this for your clients. Yeah, what's the subtitle? Um, uh, Relationships Made Easy Through the Enneagram. So it's just funny to me mm. that I brought that in. But yeah. um, in terms of like relationships, I'm married to three. I hope my husband's okay with me talking about our marriage. <laughs> he doesn't but... have to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe he won't listen. No, I think he would be fine with it. But okay, so he's a three, I'm a two. And one interesting thing I thought was, you said that there was a two married to a one mm-hmm. that you were counseling. And I've found a lot of times with my clients that we tend to, not always, but we tend to be married to somebody who might be our arrow of strength or arrow of stress or mm. our wing, because there's like an understanding, like Kat is married to a to seven, seven, which is her mm-hmm. arrow of strength. And I am married to a three, like we're both in the shame triad. Now it doesn't always work that way, mm-hmm. but you might want to look out for that and see if that ends up being true in your practice, but that has been true in mine. But um, so, okay, for example, this is where we just kind of do a lot of work with the Enneagram. The three is uh, an achiever, that's Mm -hmm. or or a performer, sometimes they're called. And my husband works hard. Like Mm -hmm. threes are known for a strong work ethic. And maybe the eight or the three are the hardest working on the Enneagram. Ones are pretty hardworking as well. Cat sitting next to me works hard. But threes definitely, that's they have a propensity to work too hard. In fact, their deadly sin or their deadly passion of deceit is not that they're always deceiving, although they could be in a very unhealthy space, but more just this deceit that the work that they're doing and the achieving is getting in the way of their life. Kind of like a blind spot. It's a blind spot that's getting in the way of the fullness of life. So my husband has that tendency to work himself to death, not as much with work, but sometimes he's got a two wing. So with helping others, with he's on a board, with volunteering, he can just work himself to death with a lot of good things, helping family, helping the community, mm-hmm. but he can, he can do that. And so sometimes I have to say to him, um, I, you know, I'm feeling like we haven't had as much time to connect because you've been, you know, working a lot. And, and he'll listen to that. He'll take that feedback. Um, but then I also have to realize because of the Enneagram that some of the work is mine too. Twos mm-hmm. are have a tendency to be codependent, mm-hmm. have a tendency to be needy, to say, hey, I need attention. We're also in the seeking attention part of the triad, which is the two, the three, and the four. They seek attention. Mm-hmm. 
five, six, and seven seek safety, and eights, nines, and ones seek autonomy. So mm. I'm, I may be seeking attention. And so the work for me is then to go, well, part of it might be that he needs to slow down a little bit, but part of it is that I need to do my interior work, that mm. I need to do self-care, that I need to pour in myself, that I need to get more comfortable being alone. Mm -hmm. And so the Enneagram can teach me that. Also, um, one thing I've learned with my husband, he is a three, and three's biggest fear is failure. Mm. And so anytime that you critique a three, what they're hearing sometimes is I'm a failure. So I think about John Gottman. I think he said something like for every five times every one time that you criticize you need to have at least five times yes. that you affirm oh, i love that isn't Statistic. that great yes and that mm -hmm. and that's actually based on research so mm -hmm. he's done some research validating that every one time you criticize you need to affirm five times so i've noticed with my husband i really have to affirm him and be careful with critiquing because he will hear it as I'm a failure. And so that's just a little bit of an example oh, yeah. of how the Enneagram can teach us like to be careful. Like I need to be sensitive to that, that he's feeling that way, that he's feeling that fear of being a failure, or I need to be aware that when he's working too much, that, that, you know, I need to, to think about, is this really about him or is this about me and my fear of being alone and needing to work at being more comfortable with mm. solitude? So there's some rich inner awareness that can come out mm -hmm. of the Enneagram and knowing your type. So that would be my oh. example. Kat, you oh may my gosh. Oh, too. and you were just talking and you know, it's crazy. Like every conversation we have, I'm like, oh my God. I'm like Oprah, aha moments every, yes, every yes. five minutes. Um, <laughs> yeah. So Christy said, you know, being critical and I'm Enneagram one. So I am an inner critic at a highest level mm -hmm. and the highest extent and not just critic towards myself, but critic towards others. And, you know, I'm thinking, oh my God, as much as I criticize my husband, probably like it is infinite ways that I need to just affirm, 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 affirm. Mm -hmm. And once again, it is self-knowledge and understanding that allows you to to be mindful, to be more receptive, to be more wise, to be more understanding. So I'm Enneagram 1. I'm married to Enneagram 7, which I think I've actually lucked out in that situation. And I would never say it to my husband. And he probably let him hear this. Because I always tell him, like, you have married up, sweetheart. You have married up. <laughs> but uh, my arrow of integration, so my health pathway is to a 7. So to be playful, to be enthusiastic, to be dreamlike and open to the world to be spontaneous and just to have fun uh -huh. um so he's kind of like my my my, my dream team land uh -huh. that i get to live with the side and of yourself life. you wish was exactly manifesting exactly so uh -huh. it is to me it's like bread and butter right there next to me. So it's it's a lovely way to, you know. That's fascinating to, because one of be my together. aha theories or moments mm -hmm. recently was how I think a lot of times we choose our partners based on something we don't have. Yes. Mm -hmm. Or something yes. we wish we had. Yes, for sure. Yes. And uh, you subconsciously know. you gravitate yeah. and there's so many other attributes to our to our mates that we love, but it's almost subconscious, like being in the sunshine. 
shy. You just want to step yes. into it because it feels right and it feels good. So, but that said, not everyone needs to marry a seven. Not every two needs to marry a three. Mm-hmm. It, you know, as long as you have self-awareness and understanding, mm. and then that translates into awareness and understanding of your partner, mm-hmm. and then you make it work. Oh. Yeah. Can I so piggyback deep. on what yes. you were saying? Just because I had a spiritual director once say to me that the person that you find can restore the image of God in you. And I never really fully got that. I thought, wow, that's profound. Let me sit with that. I had to sit with it a long time. Mm. And I think I'm still sitting with it. Like it's a really deep statement that the partner we're with can restore the image of God in us. But one way I see that with the Enneagram is that I'm a two with a one wing. And most of my life, I abandoned my three wing. Mm. And the Enneagram would say in the second half of your life, you can start to live into the wing that you've been ignoring. Mm. And so by that, I mean, I mean, I've always uh, sought after education and there have been ways that I haven't abandoned the three, but I also have tried to stay off the radar. Like I remember there was a director's position that um, I was invited to apply for in a previous job and I did not apply for it because I just kind of wanted to stay off the radar and work and just kind of do my thing. I was kind of an industrious helper, right? Like the two with the one wing. And now, like, I never would have thought in my 20s that I'd ever do a podcast, but I'm sort of like living into the three wing, like mm. living into that side mm-hmm. that I'm, I pick somebody who knows how to like stand up for himself and be confident. And I've never really been that confident. And I shared a story with you before the podcast of like doing a radio interview in my 20s and mm-hmm. totally bombing it. <laughs> and I said, I would never, ever do anything like that again. Um, and, and now here we are like doing a podcast, like I'm living into the three and I'm married somebody who's more, at least presents, he has a lot of shame because he's in the, in the shame tribe too. And he has a lot of things that he's working on as well, but he presents a lot more confident than I have historically, Mm -hmm. but I'm living into that now, that attribute of confidence and feeling Mm. like. You know, and and the Enneagram would even say that with your arrow of stress, that you can go to the high side of that as you start to grow too, Mm. which would be having a voice like an eight, Mm. right? So that's my arrow of stress is I can become a challenger and be a little bit too much and too angry when I get really mad. But I also, as I start to grow, can go to the high side of becoming just more confident with my voice. Cause mm-hmm. I've always, I, it, you know, believe it or not, I know I'm talking a lot now. Mm-hmm. I, I have struggled with confidence with speaking mm-hmm. and the Enneagram and yoga have helped, you know, you think about the throat chakra and yoga and all the ways we're opening up in our throat. That too has helped me to become more confident and literally symbolic of what's happening. Yeah. Wow. That's so profound. I mean, there's so many things you have said that are so profound. And one of the most recent, because I've written so many notes on this sheet that I wanted to follow up on, but one is I feel like using this test to counteract shame that we all have Mm -hmm. and feeling like we need to present as perfect and Mm -hmm. that we can't acknowledge our, our weaknesses Mm -hmm. and our mistakes. Mm -hmm. I feel like the paradigm of this whole test is just kind of drives that point home is you're not supposed to be good at everything Mm -hmm. and you don't need to be ashamed. Like this is the the negative side or the dark side or Mm -hmm. the shadow to this. And we need other people 
Self they're just acceptance. as valuable. Mm-hmm. It's self-acceptance. And, you know, we go through life. If, if I always say signs are there. You just have to look around. There's no light without darkness. Mm-hmm. There's no summer without winter. Mm-hmm. There's no good without bad. Mm-hmm. We all have it all. Mm. It is just where are you leaning? What are you recognizing? How We're can all needed. You, We're how all can, important. Yes, mm-hmm. of course. Absolutely. And it does not one thing defines you. Yes. Mm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really is just so profound and you know, the, the point about God, I don't know, I would love to unpack that and that could take forever, but it reminds me of another thing that is sort of a, an aha moment or an epiphany of we reflect different aspects of God's image. And mm-hmm. I feel like we have different priorities and what we value more. And mm-hmm. so I remember on this little sticky sheet that I had sitting on my desk for like five years, I said, some people value truth over peace Mm -hmm. and some people value peace over truth Mm -hmm. and some I think the third one I had written was like maybe pleasing or something like that Mm -hmm. but you know this is before my Enneagram days of knowing Mm -hmm. it but you know these things have value like you know and that's it's funny how we are drawn to people that have a side of ourselves that we know is missing or that we want it to grow stronger Mm -hmm. and you've probably heard me in the at least the introductory podcast and maybe the one that my husband and I did on communication Mm -hmm. we have some weird similarities but he is like sort of the opposite of a people pleaser and one of my biggest struggles is a people pleaser Mm -hmm. being a people pleaser Mm -hmm. and caring too much for a lot of the very same reasons you said with boundaries and Mm -hmm. wanting to help and getting overloaded and and Mm -hmm. all that stuff so my husband jokes that like he's made me more assertive yeah and then that i've made him nicer and of course. Yeah, that's that restoring the image yeah. of God yes. piece. Isn't that beautiful? It is. It's amazing just how it all is. It's like a puzzle piece. But I do think that piece of shame that so many people have is I have to hide. I can't say sorry. I don't want anyone to know when I mess up. I don't want anyone to know my weaknesses. I think that we create a prison for ourselves yeah. by having this ridiculous expectation that we can't mess up yeah. and that we should feel ashamed of ourselves if we have, you know, some mm-hmm. weaknesses, mm-hmm. but it's part of that package deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where the user's manual comes in. And the Enneagram is just such a valuable piece with that is who am I and how do I customize my relationships? And this is where I can't wait to talk about the languages of love in your podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but customizing our approach to the sensitivities of who we're with, or the the love the things that make them feel most loved and things yeah. like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But this test, I mean, I mean, this conversation right now is making me fall in love with this test even more. <laughs> it's like so multidimensional and complex. Yeah. And kind of like we talked about art right before we started recording. Mm-hmm. Christy was commenting on some of the art in here, and uh, here's a quick analogy or metaphor, and you might have a better one for the Enneagram, but to me, it has so much value just looking at like that picture right behind mm-hmm. you. It's beautiful on, I mean, in my mind, I chose it, obviously mm-hmm. I love it, but it has just a really great first look is very pleasing, mm-hmm. but then you could really study it for hours and get more and more and see different angles of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what I love about the Enneagram. I tell clients all the time, I tell them, oh, take this free, cheap, you know, the quick version mm-hmm. on Truity just to get an idea of yeah. 
where you are. And, um, but then that's just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would, would you guys talk for a minute about when someone told me that songs have been written about the Enneagram? I thought it was hilarious. Like the type two, there's a song and the yeah. type five. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I thought these are going to be the cheesiest songs ever. And they're beautiful. I know. They're I very so yoga, yoga playlist. If you're into listening to music when you, when you practice yoga, yeah. very soothing, very beautiful. That might be a fun way for the listeners. Um, and I would love for you to give some advice on if they wanted to take the test, you know, or start researching it, whether it's the books or even just reading those songs. I mean, mm. listening to yeah, the songs slash lyrics, yeah. reading the mm-hmm. lyrics or the little short descriptions, which we talked about. You could run through yeah. those yeah. one through nine if you had time. Yeah, sure. Yeah. We can run through the nine. And I would say I do not remember the name of the guy who wrote the nine songs. But, oh, Kat's going to look it up have for it us my, because one of my playlists. they are amazing. And I've had clients tell me before that they just sobbed through the whole yeah. song because it just captured, it captured them. them perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and he, he's a very deep guy and he has a podcast as well. So Kat will pull up his oh. name, but I'll go through um, the nine numbers and just talk about a little bit about uh, the strengths and growing edges for each of the nine. I'll try to do that quickly. Um, so that you can uh, take a moment to think about how this could be a user's guide in your own life that yeah. helps you to grow. So excited. So let's just start with the, let's start in the heart triad with the two. Um, so the two is the helper. Uh, they're giving, they're generous, they're loving, they're empathetic, they're very intuitive, but they also can be manipulative. They can struggle with boundaries. They can uh, struggle with identifying their own needs. They have to work on self-care. Again, their needs matter as well. The three is sometimes called the performer or the achiever. They're very charming. They're very confident. They're very hardworking. Um, They they give it all. um, And at the same time, uh, they also struggle with being chameleon-like. They have to work really hard at finding out who am I? Why am I here? Finding their true self. That's the work of the three is learning to be more honest, but also doing some of that work of this is who I am. And um, and so finding their identity. And not is changing very important. who they are based on who they're with. Right, exactly. And then the four, oh my goodness, I love fours. Some of my closest <laughs> friends are fours. They are um, sometimes called the romantics or the individualist, and they are sometimes called artists because they're artistic, they're creative, they mm-hmm. see the beauty in the world that some of us miss. And um, they're they're very, sometimes some people would call them dramatic, but they know how to feel their feelings. Mm-hmm. And all of us they're could learn. With what yeah. they mm-hmm. They're in touch with what they feel. And, and we need to learn from that authenticity that they offer, but also just the richness and depth of their feelings. And yet they also have some work on seeing what is good in life, seeing what they have to be grateful for and working on that. So that's that's some of their don't deeper they work. Don't feel like people can't understand them? Misfits. Mm-hmm. Misfits mm-hmm. is a good word. They don't mm-hmm. feel that sense of belonging mm-hmm. that Kat was talking about earlier. It's hard for them to mm-hmm. feel like I belong. And then the five, um, 
you know, the five is the number I scored the lowest at when I first took the Enneagram. And so I feel like I still need to work on understanding that type. Um, but I also just honor their, they're the type that is so smart. Um, they, they might have uh, a library around them or they might be on Google um, or on Audible reading um, a, a book. They're just very wise and yet they have a fear of incompetence. It's kind of paradoxical. So they, they, they fear that they're not incompetent and yet they're always trying and striving to be competent. Um, sometimes they're called the observer or the investigator. And they're, they're sort of deadly passion as avarice, which we might uh, call withholding. It's not quite greed because I, they're, not, they're not always greedy, but they withhold their time and their resources. If they were um, at a, like say a Bible study for church, they would be the first to leave the Bible study. Mm. They're just uh, you know quick to withhold and pull away from. So they need to learn how to show up a little bit more for life and for others to give more of their time to their spouse, to their community. Um, that's, that's their sort of that's spiritual work. That's my husband's work. type. Oh, and I was surprised. Was yeah. And I was obviously new to the Enneagram, but when I read the forward description on a five, I was blown away totally. because he did take the short test. Yeah. And I was like, I had considered for him an eight challenger mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I considered a six. He's very loyal. I also considered a one because he's very like critical and perfectionistic about mm -hmm, certain mm -hmm. things, but the five, I just didn't think, well, leader investigator, what is that? Mm -hmm. But it nailed him. Wow. I was blown away. Wow. How neat is that? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was like, wow, that test knows him better than I know. Is this him coming in on cue? Oh, this <gasps> is hilarious. Oh my goodness. He brought me my driver's license because we're renewing our passports. No, we were just analyzing your personality type. Oh, were you? And how's that? How's that working out? Perfection. You want us cannot do any do you better. Want to speak at the microphone and say hi so they oh, can no. hear your beautiful Scottish oh, accent. No, you're all right. They can hear me. I'm loud enough. Why don't you talk about how you feel about personality tests in general? Should I take a seat? No, I, I, you can. I'm, no, he's funny. He's tried to be, he's one of those people. And, and actually, to this yeah. is a good point because I think a lot of people feel very yeah. either threatened by persona yeah. personality tests and assessments yeah. or they're very distrusting that there's any accuracy yeah. or value. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so it's kind that, of like taking an astrology test. Yeah. Like, are you an Aquarius? Are yeah. you a Libra? <laughs> Which Whatever. I will right. say, right. like my millennial clients love astrology. And so I don't want to dismiss <laughs> it because for them, they feel like it's a pathway to understanding themselves, just like the Enneagram. Uh -huh. For me, don't I've never gotten that. Like it's not for me, but I think generationally, I do want to honor that some of the younger folks are really into that and that that's beautiful. It it's is just like, it's their way of, of trying to understand who they are. Yeah. And so... If, if that helps them, I'm all for whatever helps us to know ourselves, to love ourselves. So, right, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's just too funny that the doorknob turned uh, right as we finished talking about yeah. him. Like, I this knew he second. Was gonna, yeah, we could we're, never we're plan that. Serendipity, y'all in the yeah. same wavelength. Yeah, 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 I mean, yeah. you know, I pick up the phone as she's calling me, and I'm like, okay, she's calling me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Are you serious or are you just joking? Yeah, we do that a lot. Yeah, we do have some weird 
Yeah, weird. the sixth sense. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, she'd be talking to me, you know, and I'm, I'm like, yeah, it's okay. I already know what you're going to ask me, you know? And she's like, well, what am I going to ask you? And I would tell her, and she's like, that's unbelievable. That was exactly what I was going to ask. <laughs> yeah, he can anticipate where wow. I'm going. So you just finished talking about the five. five. Do you want to, she's summarizing oh, the what, nine um, type. No, you're a five. You're a leader investigator. Okay. But you're also a challenger. <laughs> I think a few team. other things too, right? You've seen yeah. a few other things. <laughs> Is he handy? A lot of fives are really yes. handy. Oh, oh, he redid the script. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's right. Oh, wow. And it's beautiful, by the way. And you. you know what I love about your office is that, like, they say that twos just have a really warm and inviting space that people can enjoy. And that's the way I feel. Aww, so, thank you. Yeah. And then your handiwork is beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Very sweet. She's wow. a two. She's a helper and a therapist. Right. Uh-huh. Okay. And Kat, yeah. of course, is one of my favorite yoga instructors. Okay. But, uh-huh. um, but yeah, people are really going to feel like they're here with us today yeah. because uh, yeah. <laughs> he's stopping in. Um, yeah, I'm headed out. Okay. I'm not, okay. I'm not, well, I'm glad you got here. to meet them in person. Yeah. yeah. So nice so to meet funny you. that our five dropped in right when we were doing <laughs> yeah. our five. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> synchronicity, It was right? surreal to see the door handle move. I'm like, is that Rima? Is it safe to come? Um, do you want me to take him? You can take him. Hey, Let him go potty. <laughs> Sorry, the dog's here too. We're just being really, very, very... <laughs> Organic here. <laughs> Never perfect. <laughs> there you go. Being organic is a good thing. And, yeah. and Kat and I, I have a one wing. She's a one. And I know I have to work on being more flexible, more organic. Mm-hmm. And that's a gift in life, right? And that would be another thing the Enneagram would teach us. So. Yeah, it's so good. Well, I want to hear the rest. Okay, and then six. if you all want like either now or when I record on your podcast, mm-hmm. I have some interesting theories about diagnostic proclivities in like if you're uh, like a an achiever I feel like is maybe a little bit more prone to things like anxiety or yeah burnout yeah. or yeah. the seven which is my second mm-hmm. type and I know your husband's type cat mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. I think they're more prone to ADHD which yeah. I have oh sure so I have some interesting theories on on some of that but we can save that uh, but yeah, start. Well, let's do that as we go along. I think that'd be fun because for the six, obviously, any anxiety disorder would be, you know, something a six might be more pr- prone to. Although mm-hmm. I would say one disclaimer is any of the nine numbers could could suffer from anxiety, from depression, from any yes. sort of mental. So that would be my disclaimer. But at mm-hmm. the same time, yes, yeah, the six would be a little bit more prone to, you know, maybe even schizophrenia at their worst. Again, Mm, Kat was talking about unhealthy spaces versus healthy spaces. If Mm -hmm. a six was at a really low level unhealthy space, they could be more prone to something like that. So, Mm. um, all right. But, you know, again, all nine numbers can suffer from any DSM disorders. But uh, the six is um, the loyalist. And man, are they loyal. They are so good at creating a sense of belonging. Um, they're at, they're great at um, being somebody to foster groups and a sense of community. Um, mm-hmm. They are uh, just hardworking, industrious people. A lot of companies who like discovered the Enneagram have said, oh, we need to hire sixes because they really are hardworking. And yet, um, again, the Enneagram really should not be used that way because any of the nine numbers can be great employees as mm-hmm. long as they're healthy. So it's more about whether you're a healthy version of your number. Mm-hmm. Um, but the sixes can struggle a lot with trusting 
themselves, trusting others. Trust is a big issue for a six. Mm -hmm. They have to work on finding hope, um, courage, faith in, in the world in God, in others, they mm -hmm. send, they have low levels of trust. So mm -hmm. that's something that is their sort of emotional a and spiritual work. Yeah, more fe fearful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They catastrophize, right? Mm -hmm. They're always like seeing how the shoe can drop, which is a good thing in some ways. Again, it's that our strength is our weakness. They right. can predict and see things that sometimes the rest of us can't see. And yet at the same time, if we take that to an extreme, that can be really unhealthy. Um, mm -hmm. And then the seven, why don't you do the seven? Because you're married oh, to one. The seven. Sevens are you my favorite. Seven. <laughs> so seven is your enthusiast. Seven is your dreamer. Seven is, I think, the, the funnest type on the Enneagram. Mm -hmm. So they tend to be very positive and seeing a silver lining in everything and being able to uh, dream and think ahead and find excitement um, in everything they do. And with them, the world is just a fun place to live. Adventure. The adventure seekers and, and planners for new adventure as they are in their current adventure. Um, some of the struggles for a seven is just being, I guess, maybe a little too scattered Mm -hmm. and all over the place and almost disconnecting uh sort of you know jack um of uh, all trades and the master of nine yes. so that is where that's they, a very they ADD thing it, right right so but again but then when they're or they can become overly critical mm -hmm. um and that is uh their pathway pathway of disintegration their stressful critical levels of themselves or critical others? of themselves critical of others okay. uh sort of they take the worst qualities of a one when they're stressed mm -hmm. out ironically enough so they could be very uh, sort of overly perfectionist and not really um, not embracing, realistic. yeah, mm -hmm. not realistic, not really open to um, mistakes and and imperfections. But overall, sevens are just just a good time, just to feel good. It's somebody mm -hmm. who you want in your corner, and like, like it is like stepping into a sunshine. It's Aww. you know, it's it's a great person to be with. That's so mm -hmm. neat. Seven is good. But ADHD, and I am in no way a yeah. professional, but it is just just struggling with being a little scattered. You know, my husband always says, and it's, it's crazy because um, I tend to be a little like heavy on a giddy up. So once you get me going, I get going. And I feel like he is always like, I, I'm sometimes thinking like he's going to levitate because he's so energetic uh -huh. and people at work make fun because he never would take an elevator. He always runs the stairs and they're saying Kevin is always running all over uh -huh. the place. And he's so, he's a mountain biker. He's, he needs to be in movement and um, you know, he's a great runner and I would run with him and I can never keep up. And I was like, how are you so bouncy? He's like, I don't know. This is just how I am. And I was like, I wish I could be this way. That's interesting. But you're also this bouncy inside of your head. So uh -huh. if you've ever said, I cannot turn my brain off, uh -huh. uh, that sometimes is struggle of a seven. It is just going without uh -huh. a stop. And uh -huh. that could be if you stop and think about it, that could be a challenge. So oh, yeah. with 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 a lot of good, there comes some bad. So exactly. that's something to be mindful of. Mm -hmm. And then knowing what triggers that. Mm -hmm. And then knowing how you can you can mitigate that. How you mm -hmm. can help yourself and what are some healthy strategies 
to bring you back into the healthy place. And that's for every number. So I can talk about sevens forever. Sevens mm -hmm. are awesome. Sevens are cool. That's really fun. Yeah. I love it. If we're talking about uh, sort of psychological disorders that they may be prone to, um, gluttony is the deadly passion of the seven. So some Enneagram um, coaches that nailed me. Say, <laughs> <laughs> that's that, yeah. Uh, some Enneagram coaches might say that sevens would be the most prone to addiction because uh -huh. of gluttony um, and and just that that can be they numb their pain through always being positive, but also through gluttony. And so mm. that just something that I would say yeah. besides ADHD or any type of anxiety, because they're also in the anxiety triad. So the five, mm. the six and the seven would be more prone to anxiety. Um, the six wow. would have more of it than any of those right. three, but for sure. Um, and then the eight are our challengers. Do you mm -hmm. want to do it or do you want? You do it. Okay. You so do it so well. The, I love the it. challenger. Um, Sometimes we call the challenger the voice for the voiceless. They are all about justice. They are Ooh. seeking justice. They're protectors. Um, they they come off, they're in the anger triad. So they come off as very intense. Like uh -huh. sometimes you can feel their intensity or even feel their anger. Um, they're leaders. They're often CEOs. They, they know what they want. They don't apologize for it. Like as a two, like I'll lose sleep if I have to make a big decision and I think I'm going to hurt somebody's feelings and eight doesn't apologize for it. They're not going to lose sleep. They're decisive. And mm. that, you know, that is, that's a strength that they bring. You imagine mm. leading a company, you have to be decisive. You have to make decisions and you can't always be second guessing yourself like I would mm. as a two. So they are strong. That would be a word to wow. describe an eight. They're That's strong. Right. And, um, and which can be hard for women in the South because, uh, mm -hmm. you know, a Southern woman who's an eight, that's hard because we live in a world that doesn't always appreciate here in the South women who are eights. But man, they know themselves. And I just, I love eight women. They are strong. And they're and so, independent, aren't and they? And they're independent. That's a good word to describe them. I think I read that somewhere. Yeah. But their spiritual and emotional work is becoming more like a teddy bear instead of like a bear because they can come off to others as a bear. Not and so prickly. Yeah, yeah. They have to soften. And overbearing. Soften. Yeah. Overbearing. Yeah. yeah. Not yeah. to take all the air out of the room when they step yeah. in. Yeah. Take yeah, too yeah, much yeah. charge. That's really well mm -hmm. put. I like that. And so, yeah, their arrow of, of strength and growth is the two. So when they have more empathy, when they start to put themselves in other people's shoes, when they start to soften and find that inner teddy bear that they all have, like every eight, I know if you like keep digging, you find like this, this soft teddy bear inside. They, they have that, but they come off as very strong and vulnerability is also their growing edge. Mm -hmm. yeah. They, they struggle. Uh, they can be transparent, but there's a difference between transparency and vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And they have to work at, at being vulnerable and acknowledging their feelings because like the six, they struggle with trust the most and they have a wall up. Mm -hmm. They have a, they, they've had abandonment issues often. And so that makes so much sense. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I don't know, what is your thought about psychological disorders for the eight? What, what comes up for you? Interesting question. Um, I guess definitely maybe having some, you know, misunderstanding with other people, just for mm -hmm. some relationship issues. Yeah. Like getting close. Um, I mean, maybe some 
suspicion or, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, lack of trust, like you mm-hmm. said, with the other type. I can't remember. The six lacks mm-hmm, trust. I can mm-hmm. see the eight lacking mm-hmm, trust in mm-hmm. people. Um, but, yeah, just the prickly thing of just relationship issues, I guess I could see being a bit of an issue for an eight. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that triggered a thought of just the fact that if we overdevelop, there's such a fine line between yeah. you want to harness the strengths of your type and who you are yeah. so much. Yeah. But if you overdevelop a certain too side, much of a good thing is yes. not so good. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. I think that I could see some of the people I know who are eights having so much to bring to the table, but it's kind of like people that bring their work home. If you can't get out of that, like if someone's an attorney and mm-hmm. they're a challenger or something and they come home and they're domineering, you would overwhelm. they take charge, you would overwhelm. right? They, people don't feel like there's as much of a partnership um, right. and they don't feel yeah. valued as much. Yeah. And, right. and, you know, as a therapist, you know, I, I know I kind of at times feel like I've lost my um, sense of what's a normal question and mm-hmm. not too nosy. Cause in my mind, I have such personal conversations mm-hmm, yeah. all day long. I'll ask someone a really deep personal question. And to me, it just seems like every day, how's the yeah. weather? Yeah. And, and I think a lot of people like it, but some people are probably like, my goodness, like, why are yeah. you going so deep? Mm-hmm. And yeah. so you have to be aware that you get into this groove with the way you are mm-hmm. at work or your personality. And sometimes you need to kind of counterbalance that with the other sure. side. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that, like you were saying, when an eight's in an unhealthy place, other people could experience them as a bit of a bully. Now this mm-hmm. is only when they're in an unhealthy place yes. or narcissistic because mm-hmm. they're confident. They're, you know, their talk style is take charge. I have the answers. This is what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. And to other people that can come off as narcissism. So as mm-hmm. far as like things they might struggle with, that this would be too. And then and then anger, you know, yeah. I mean, there, there's a lot of anger there that they have to work on. Yeah. The nine um, are a little peacemaker. Everybody loves a peacemaker. They're easygoing. Um, and, and when I say everybody loves a peacemaker, I literally mean that. Like the, the Enneagram would say they're the easiest to get along with. Mm-hmm. I mean, they emanate peace. They want harmony with others. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, like the, there's always a downside. The downside of that is that they can lose their voice and their identity, mm-hmm. right? Like they have to work at standing up and finding their identity, finding what they want to do vocationally. Often they will put their own needs aside like if they're if they're married, for example, okay, let me have my husband's vocation be what's important. Let me forget my own needs. Let me, mm-hmm. you know, my presence doesn't matter as much. My needs don't matter Very as much. Very selfless and probably a bit codependent at yes. times. And that would be one of the things, just like the two, mm-hmm. the narcissism yep. piece for the eight could also show up in the three. And the mm-hmm. nine and the two would be the most prone for codependency. Mm-hmm. So there, yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah, I've thought about that with the achiever myself. Mm-hmm. And, and I was afraid, I didn't know if that would be okay to say, but just the, how a lot of times people with narcissistic traits, there's some insecurity there. Of course, yes. overcompensation. Yes, always. and they feel they have to prove something yeah. and be like a human doing of and course. not a human being. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they just have to achieve, 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 which is a lie they tell themselves. Yeah. Not all, like again, in a mm-hmm. healthy place, yeah. being a hard worker and pursuing your dreams is yeah. wonderful. But when you feel you're not good enough without a certain mm-hmm. either grades or yeah. a certain status or mm-hmm. a certain salary, sure. it, there's an insecurity that's masked with superiority or striving for superiority, like mm-hmm. some of the good forefathers in psychology mm-hmm. would say. But 
it's a shame when they believe that they have to compensate and they're not good enough without a performance. And mm-hmm. so that's what I see with a lot of narcissists. Sure. Mm-hmm. I thought about yeah. that with the achiever for yeah. sure. Yeah. And you should be the one. Well, because, I, can, I was just, know, th- I was just thinking, <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking about one. So as far as the one goes, the, the, the trouble comes when you are overcritical and over, um, striving for perfection so the ocd mm-hmm. to make it right yes. to make mm-hmm. it good to mm-hmm. make it just perfect and keep it that way constantly it's a it's a full-time and job feeling never good enough and never, never enough satisfied. not enough so you have to constantly do better be better make it better make it better 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 and it's good enough to everybody else but maybe not you but it's never because the 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 the, the standard is so high and so unachievable that you're always climbing up to it and never getting to and it and you see the mm-hmm. two points that are missing when you get 98 and out of that and that makes every all the difference because you're focused on the two you, that you didn't get so ocd but i also want to say um and again i want to be very careful i'm not a um, a therapist. I'm just speaking from a personal experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, ones deal with anger quite a bit. Mm. So if anger overpowers, it could become almost like a verbal abuse. Mm-hmm. You're a yeller. It just spills out of you, spews mm-hmm. out of you. And um, that communication style could be very toxic. Mm-hmm. So I would say that could be another thing to kind of watch out. And I come from a family of yellers and you know, as much as I hated that growing up, I see that in a in in a space of stress, specifically fear, mm-hmm. my voice elevates. And it took me years to come by to it, uh, except for when my husband said, babe, are you scared? Like I get emotionally mm. talking about it mm. because I'm yelling. He's like, are you scared? Wow. And I yell louder, more scared I am. So that's for one, something to mm. watch out for. Mm-hmm. And I think wow. the beauty of the Enneagram is me too, right? Like as a two, I go to the eight and I can really start to challenge, especially my husband. For me, it's with the people I love the most. Mm-hmm. I think my mom and my husband yeah. have seen that really angry side of me and that and the Enneagram is an opportunity for us to be vulnerable and say, me too, Kat, you're yeah. not the only yeah. one who yells. Like, yeah. you know, I've, I've, I've got that in me too. Yeah. Like the Enneagram yeah. is the moment oh, yeah, for us too. to like own and acknowledge, like mm-hmm. we're not perfect, you know, here we're on your never perfect podcast. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, you know what? We're not like, we're struggling. Like we're, we're broken and yet we're beautiful. And I would say that that's the Enneagram, right? We're broken and we're beautiful. And it's just, it's so powerful. Like there might be some resistance to it. Cause you know, again, you say, how could we only be nine types? And yet it's very, it's a complex system that if you keep digging, it's just as complex as each one of us are. Mm. Like it's, it's really beautiful. There's a lot of good insight in yoga and the Enneagram. We missed our four and our five for psychological because I think we did the two and the three right. as we were talking. Yep. But um, the four, I would say, and you, Beth, uh-huh. you probably have some ideas and you too, yeah. Kat. The four, um, depression, yeah. sadness. They uh-huh. feel sadness. Like, um, you know, Victor Hugo said something like, um, mel- melancholy is the happiness of being sad mm-hmm. and fours know how to feel sad like they know how to dive into that and that's their gift it's almost yet, interesting to them yeah and yet it can take them to depression yeah. they're the most likely to self-harm um, and again any nine numbers can self-harm and yet they're the most likely to have 
you know, things that are de depressive disorders. And then for me, I would say the five, any sort of avoidant personality sort of, or social anxiety, things like that, the five is more prone to. Do you guys yeah, have thoughts? I, I agree. So mm -hmm. me being a one in a stressful environment, um, I uh, tend to go to sort of the the toughest parts of a four, which is moody and broody. So mm -hmm. I always say that my default setting is being blue and melancholy. And that's why seven is so good for me. You know, that happiness that kind of translates and elevates mm -hmm. me a little bit. But yeah, tend to get depressed and feels heavy mm -hmm. and sort of just don't want to get out of the bed and don't want to do anything. And that's definitely something that, you know, is, is real struggle. That's mm -hmm. something that you watch out for and 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 have to deal with um and as far as the five yeah i would say just sort of taking almost like a denial thing just taking yourself out of the situation mm. taking yourself out of you know um relationships and social settings and having to deal with people so isolation isolation mm -hmm. self-isolation mm -hmm. could mm -hmm. be a really a real struggle which you know if you're extroverted like what does that mean? I wish I could self-isolate for, <laughs> for an hour or so, right? If you're right. seven, they're like, please take yeah. me into self-isolation. Mm -hmm. But for a five, it's real. It's, uh -huh. it's a real struggle and it could be very painful. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I could mm -hmm. see that for sure. Being mm -hmm. maybe depressed or socially anxious. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very um, much so. Mm -hmm. Like you said, or mm -hmm. just having a lot of racing thoughts like getting preoccupied with all the whether it's news or mm -hmm. whether you're investigating all the the mm -hmm. negative and things going on overthinking. and letting it kind of sp spin mm -hmm. out of control where yes. you know my husband says analysis paralysis mm -hmm. where you almost self-paralyze yourself exactly. with the overthinking and that can slow be, your yeah, mind down yeah that could be really true that's interesting that you talk about how they're investigators and they investigate and want to know you know the ins and outs of sort of anything whatever it is politics religion they're gonna you know find out all the knowledge that they can and that means they can be a little bit more argumentative because uh -huh. they have yeah. the answers and then the eight and the ones can be that way too they say that those are know it all the, the ones who can well that's like, interesting because that's what i was thinking about yeah. for my husband eight and one yeah before oh, i knew what a five was yeah. yeah know it all and yeah. i'm right not only do i know it all i'm right yeah strong opinions <laughs> yes and that was one reason way I, was or the highway, baby. Husband. I wanted someone with stronger opinions mm -hmm. than i had mm -hmm. yeah 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 and I mean, and that's not a bad thing, but again, the Enneagram can help us to understand, like, um, my brother is a one on the Enneagram. He's one of my best friends. We're really close, but he loves the charge of a good argument. Uh -huh. And I have to remind him, like, Jeff, this wears me out. Yes. I love you so much. But this wears me out, and I don't want to argue. Like Agreed I just to want... disagree. Let's go have a cocktail. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's where the enneagram can just help us, not just in romantic relationships, but in platonic ones. Like, yeah, like yeah. let's understand each other. Like you love a good argument, an eight definitely loves a good argument, mm -hmm. and so does a five. But no, maybe and you not like so helping much. people. Yeah. And he wants to stay, or, or a five would want to maybe be alone more. But your right. husband's a one, you said? Oh, no, that's my brother. Oh, your my brother. brother. He's like, he, yeah, my husband's not a big arguer, but uh -huh. the one, the eight, and the five, my brother's a one. 
and he loves the intensity mm-hmm. of a good argument. And uh, so it's just like interesting how we're yeah. all wired differently, but that can help me to understand him. and so Where they're coming from. Yeah, yeah, sometimes I will engage in an argument with him because I know he likes it. And then sometimes I'll have to say, hey, it's your big sister here who like just wants love. Like, come on, <laughs> like, let's, not, let's not argue. So. Yeah. It's great. Let's be sappy and watch a Hallmark movie. Yes. There you go. Yes, you are truly a two. We love a good Hallmark movie. A four and a two love a good Hallmark movie. I know. It's really embarrassing. but I, Not at all. I watch it every once in a while. You know the acting is terrible, but at least it's simple and, and kind of naive in a yes. very predictable way. And always such a good message. Yeah. yeah. Sweet moral looking yeah, into the exactly. predictable story. And don't we need that? I was talking to my sister-in-law... Um, and she's just like, there's so much pain in the world right yep. now. Like, all she wants to do is watch a Hallmark movie. And that's not her. Like, she's uh-huh. usually the type who's just always reading a great book. But she just needs Hallmark movies right now. And I'm like, yes, that's what we Something need. Something light a, and airy. Yes. Well, and yes. we need an ending that we can understand because the world is so difficult right yeah. now. We don't know what's going to happen. And so to have, like... A, a certain ending feels really good. So yeah. I get that. That's true. Well, this was such an amazing introduction and really summary, very in-depth and also kind of dumbing it down for people who don't know a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't know a lot about it. So kind of the Cliff Notes version. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this was amazing. Thank you both so much. Thank you. It Thank was you. very energizing. Thank you. Thank you for your podcast, too, reminding yes. us that we don't have to be perfect because yeah. we don't. And the Enneagram would say that, too, to just we're on this journey of self-love and self-growth. And uh, so thank you for what you're doing for your clients and for people in this community through putting this podcast out here and uh, just your generous spirit. Thank yeah, you, Beth. Thank you so much. Here, here. I can't wait to come to yours soon. (laughs) All right. Well, we'll close. Thank you.